Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. Okay, it's good to see everyone. We're going to be in Acts chapter 16. We've got just a little bit of time together today. And uh, as you know, we've been in Acts, been in Acts for over a year and a half now. Uh, there's a lot to look at, and, uh, and there's, there's a lot of you who are just joining us in Acts for the very first time. Now, now, obviously, if you're a visitor and this is your first time with us on a Sunday morning, uh, that's true. Uh, but there's those of you who've been maybe coming for the last three months, and, and, and you felt like you haven't been with us in this journey through Acts, or, or maybe you just graduated high school, and this is your first Sunday in Kaya, and you're, you're jumping in right in the middle. You've missed out on a lot, and that's okay. And the beautiful thing about our ministry is that, uh, is that you're going to have to jump onto a moving train, okay? Uh, because Kaya is a ministry where uh, God is using us, and we've seen God use us um, over, the, over the years that we've had together. Um, and the thing that I, I, I desire to continually communicate in our time in Acts is that what God has done so far is insufficient. It's insufficient. And that, that we desire uh, and are very, very hungry to be used to do more. In other words, the mission is very big. Uh, the, the, the harvest is white and ready. Uh, what's necessary is laborers. And so here we stand. We're asking you... Uh, whether you, you just started discipleship, maybe you just went through a new members meeting, uh, maybe this is your, uh, the first of, 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 of services that you've attended, uh, or maybe you've just been coming for the last few months, or maybe you're a brand new graduate. We're asking you to, to jump in. We're asking you to jump in. And we're going to do everything that we can uh, to make that transition uh, uh, easy for you, Uh, But nonetheless, we want to warn you in advance that we're a ministry that's devoted to serving the Lord, and that is a very uncomfortable thing for all of us. It's it's, it's uncomfortable for all of us. It's going to be uncomfortable for you to jump in. Now, last we left off uh, in Acts, we were looking at uh, we were looking at Paul and, and Silas and Timothy as they made their way through Asia Minor. Now if you remember, if you were with us last time, you saw that, that their plans that they had made in terms of the ministry had come up against a roadblock. And that roadblock was the Holy Spirit. It seemed like every plan that they came up with, the Holy Spirit was re-guiding them and redirecting them a, a, a different way. We're going to recap that a little bit, but but there's a a very short and poignant word I want to share with you today, and we're going to talk about that. Let's pray real quick and ask that the Holy Spirit would be with us, because we're going to be moving so quickly. I don't want anything to be missed, all right? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you. Again, we need you. Uh, That that request that I'm making, uh, that will never grow old. God, I need you to speak through me, because I don't have the words. Your, Your book has the words. And uh, we need to hear from you today. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would set me aside and that we would have attentive ears, Lord. I pray that that any heart in this room today that is cynical uh, 
or, or harden in any way whatsoever. Lord, I pray that they would, would let go of that, that they would release whatever, whatever it is, whatever preconceptions they have, that they would at least temporarily suspend those uh, feelings or those thoughts so that they can hear from you. Lord, we need your word to penetrate and we need it to provoke us to righteousness and we need you to provoke us to live a life devoted to the gospel. And so help us, help us to get in alignment with you today. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so they're moving through Asia Minor. And now I'm going to share with you a few slides here uh, that, are, that are maps. Now, I don't know about you, but maps are really important for me. And, and Acts maps are particularly important because uh, so much movement is taking place in the book of Acts. And here we have, uh, if you don't mind... Uh, the map of the second missionary journey. We'll come back to that slide. Uh, the second missionary journey of Paul. Okay? And so he picked, we know that he picked up uh, Timothy in, in Lystra. And so now we've got a team, and they've been traveling through Asia Minor here. You can see that on the map. And they get to this place. Now you're getting ahead of me. Look at, you guys got, be patient. There you go. There you go. And now they're in Phrygia. They're in Phrygia. And they're hanging out, and they're asking God these questions. Like, okay, God, we got this plan. We're headed, we're headed to go through Asia Minor. Their desire was to go through uh, Asia. And then, then that got railroaded, okay? So you can go to the next slide. Here's the two places that they planned on going. They thought first and foremost about going through Asia, okay, traveling down to Ephesus. And then they thought to themselves, no, let's, let's, let's go through Mysia and up to Bithynia. But because the Holy Spirit was telling them, no, 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 uh, I appreciate your plan. I appreciate that you've, you've got ministry plans. I appreciate the fact that you want to live the mission. But, but we've got other ideas. The Godhead has a different plan for you. Okay, so, so no to Asia. And then, and then after they come up with their second plan to head through Mysia and up into Bithynia, the Holy Spirit says, uh, I lo- love that you, ha- that you have these wonderful ideas. Love that you're being creative, right? But uh, we're going to ask that you just hold tight for a moment, okay? Because God has another plan for you, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to give that plan to you. So you need to hold tight. And so without clear, a clear solution about where they're supposed to go, they head up to Troas, and in the overnight stay, okay, uh, they take up to their tents and they're staying the night there and a message comes to them. So let's look at Acts 16, 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia Assuredly, gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now, we, when we read this passage, there's, there's a lot to discuss here. We don't have time to get into it. I have two points that I want to address here. And the first one is we want to ask ourselves this question. Who is this man of Macedonia? Who is this man of Macedonia? Now, our answer for that is going to be insufficient. We don't really know who he is. All right? But, but we can tell you that Macedonia is a European state, a country state, okay? And there in, in, in resides Philippi, which is the place that they'll eventually go. Now, now, here's the thing that's relevant to knowing about Macedonia, is that as far as we know, 
This is the first place, when Paul lands in Macedonia, this is the first place that a missionary journey has taken uh, in Europe, been taken in Europe. So as far as we know, the, the gospel is already there. It's trickled in through immigration or, or people moving there. Christians are going there. But this is the first official missionary journey that takes place in Europe. We know that. And so Macedonia is in Europe. And this is a man of Europe. And is a man probably of Philippi. Now, I will tell you that some speculate that the man that came to Paul might have actually been Luke. Because we know that Luke is a Gentile. All right? So perhaps, and up to this point, we know that Luke has not joined himself to Paul. So even though that Luke wrote the book of Acts, at this point, Luke doesn't, has never even met Paul before. And we know that beyond this moment in Acts is where we begin to see Luke referring to the team as a whole. So, so check this out. In verse 10 it says, after, And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. And so suddenly the narrative that has been about Peter and the apostles and Paul and all those guys, them, 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 Luke has suddenly changed the way he's talking and now he begins to refer to the missionary journeys as we, as we. And so this is the moment where Luke joins himself to the missionary team and he's ready to move forward and join them in the work. And so some would speculate that maybe the man that came to Paul in the night was, was actually Luke who clearly had a heart to reach Europe. Okay, now here's the deal. We don't know all of that speculation. All we know is that a man from Macedonia came. And we also know that he came in desperation. He came in desperation. And that's the part that we need to know is important. Is that the, the encounter that Paul had with this man was, was that this person was begging him to come to Macedonia and minister the gospel. And so here's our key point. The call to reach our city is one of urgency. Is one of urgency. Was there any water in here, James? No? It's all good. No, it's, it's no, it's, no worries, man. I'm only going to be doing this for like five more minutes. You're good. Okay, whatever. So, so the call to reach our city is one of urgency. And so with, our, with, with the people who've begun to join us, whether on live stream for the very first time, or maybe you're a visitor, or maybe, maybe perhaps you've been coming for a little while, or maybe you're a graduate. The message to you today from Midtown Baptist Temple, from, from the college and young adult ministry specifically, is an invitation to call and join us in, in ministry because, because, hey, thanks, man. Love you, dude. Because, listen, the call to reach the world is one that's urgent. And, and I'm pleading with you this morning that just as the man of Macedonia said, hey, we need you here. We need you here. I'm saying, I'm saying this to you. We have only just begun to reach the college campuses. We have, we have only just, just begun to do that work. And so I think, I think we have a tendency sometimes to look around and, and maybe pat ourselves on the back and say, well, look at what God's done in our lives. Look at what God has done for us as a ministry. Look, we've got, we've got almost 10 Bible studies at UMKC. Listen to me. That's not even touching it. 
Oh, we've started a Bible study at the Art Institute and it's beginning to thrive and we're seeing a lot of people showing up. And listen, I'm telling you, we haven't even touched it. Oh, we've got Bible studies spattered throughout Westport and the surrounding areas and they're beginning to spread out into the suburbs. And that's so exciting and that's really neat to hear and to see. And man, oh man, good for us. That's so cool. Listen to me. We haven't even begun to touch it. And the work of the ministry is just as urgent and and, and just as necessary today as it was three years ago when we talked about the need to evangelize these campuses and our neighborhoods. Just, Just as much when we first started talking about having Bible studies all over the city. It's just as urgent now. The situation is just as desperate. And I want to tell you as it concerns the imminency of Jesus Christ's return, perhaps things are more desperate than they've ever been. You look around our city, and I don't know if you drove through the plaza this morning, but people are hurting. I mean, the plaza is a freaking wreck. Storefronts are busted. There's glass everywhere. There was 100 people on the plaza this morning cleaning up after riots. Protests that turned into what can only be described as a riot. People are hurting. And I only say that, I'm not saying that to make any any sort of political statement. What I'm saying As a minister of Jesus Christ, I have a responsibility to to reach all those lost and hurting souls that gathered on the streets last night. I have a responsibility to reach those young people. They need the gospel as much as anyone else, and our job is far from being done. Does everybody recognize that this morning? There is an urgency. And when this man came to Paul, he came with a sense of urgency. The word praying here means beseeching or begging. So we know that this was a desperate man. You know, when the angel of the Lord came to Philip to tell him of an Ethiopian eunuch that was waiting to hear the gospel on his way to Gaza, Uh, on on the road to Gaza, Philip arose and he went. At the news of Tabitha's death in Acts chapter 9, Peter came, it says, without delay. In Acts chapter 10, Peter immediately, the word immediately is used, went to the house of Cornelius when he discovered that there were souls there desperate for the gospel. See, one of the things that we've learned in Acts is that all of the men of God and women of God in that book function with a sense of urgency. They're mobilized without delay. They move with immediacy. Why? Because they know that the the harvest is white and plenteous and that there's work to be done. So whatever we know about the man of Macedonia is this one thing, is he was a man of desperation. And the next question is, what is the nature of his request? What's the nature of his request? What is it that he's actually asking? So he comes with desperacy. What is it that he's saying? His very words are, come and help us. Now by come and help us, he means join yourself to us and help us in this mission. Because we need help. We need help. There's work that can't get done unless we have your individual partnership. Why? Well, because the work is too onerous. 
The work is too onerous. So on one hand, listen, we have the faith to believe that God used 12 men to turn the whole world upside down. But listen to me. Those 12 men had partners. They made partners. They invested. They multiplied. Now listen to me. I need you to understand something. As much as we believe that God is going to get his work done just the way he sees fit, sees fit for, for, for him to get that work done, but listen to me. The thing that we have to understand is that he's called individuals to partner with him. He's called you. You. Not because he needs you, but because he wants you. Now, but listen, listen to me as a minister and as a man and as a man who's finite. I'm limited. I'm a limited man. I'm, a, I'm unable to do the work. I can't speak as God. So as much as I want you, Brandon Briscoe, the pastor of Kaya, as much as I want you and love you and desire you, I also need you. I need you to get the work done. The Bible study leaders need you to get the work done. The leaders in this church need you as an individual to put your hand to the plow to get the work done. Because it's too onerous. There's too much teaching that needs to be done. And the believers in Macedonia, they're talking the same way. This man that comes, he says, look, come, I need help. We need help. So, so there might have been a few believers there, but the work was too great, and they needed more help. They needed more help. See, there's more opportunity to evangelize than we have capacity, and we need assistance. This was a call for cooperation in the Great Commission. So here's the next key point. The call to reach our city is a team effort. And now we might mobilize as individuals, but the goal is that we work as a team. And that's the beauty of the Bible studies, is that it's, it's a call to teamwork. This, is a, this bottle of water has been opened. I've got all the COVID feelings right now. That's faith in James 5 right there. Uh, would you have taken a drink of that? <laughs> you know, the word together shows up in the New Testament 137 times. In many ways, I love this group of people more than my own family. And I need you. And you need one another. And we have a work to do together. And it will not get done. In other words, we will not... Unless there's unity in the mission, we will not get done all the things that need to get done. We will leave, we will leave things on the table. 
We've got to believe together. We've got to pray together. We've got to serve together. We've got to counsel together. We've got to disciple together. This is what we have to do. And after this vision came to Paul, it says, verse 10, and after he had seen the vision, it says what? Immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to what? Preach the gospel unto them. And so graduates, we need you guys. And, and I know that Jeff said it, but I, but I want to reiterate this point. We're not calling you into our ministry so that we can coddle you. You know, just because you're young or, or because you're perceived as being more immature or whatever, whatever nonsense, okay? We don't discriminate. We need you. There are people we can't reach unless you join yourself to us and help us reach them. And we're desperate for your help. And we need more than ever, listen, more than ever to work together to reach this city. And as things feel broken, we look around, things seem broken, they seem hopeless, and even, even we are tempted to feel that way. And we ask ourselves, well, what really can be done? Listen, and I don't, I'm, I'm running out of time. Listen, let me tell you what can be done. I look around the room, and I see people from all over the world. I see Hispanic, I see black, I see African-American, I see Africans. I see Asians of every single sort, from India, from China. And when we worship together, and we call upon the name of Jesus Christ together, we tell the world something. We tell them that the one unifying factor, the one thing that the world needs, the one thing that we're all desperate for is forgiveness. That's what's brought us together is forgiveness and an appreciation for that forgiveness and a knowledge that God wants to use us in this world. And we have very, very little time to do it. Let's double down. Let's double down. Let's live the Great Commission and let's do it together. Let's mobilize. Let's be a team. Because there's, there's a desperate, desperate need. You understand? Worship team, would you come up and, and we'll close in prayer. Listen to me. As we close, as we close, we need, to, we need to pray for unity. We need to pray for greater unity. And, and, and some of you need to even ask yourselves, well, how can I be a part? You're asking yourselves right now, how can I be a part of the work? Okay, listen to me. Before you leave today, you need to, like, if, if you're unfamiliar with how to do that, like, if, if you don't know what to do yet, you don't know what the next step is, ask somebody who looks like they might know.
And what they'll probably do is they'll probably invite you to a Bible study. Because in our Bible studies is when we begin the work of mobilization. See, our Bible studies are more than Bible studies. Our Bible studies are command centers. They're small, localized bases of operation. And in those places and in those groups, we plot and we scheme about how we're going to reach the world. And it's those groups of people that act foolish together in prayer. And those groups of people, their job is to believe the simple truth that God wants to use them. And they pray about it, and they study about it, and they talk about it, and they obsess about it, and they addict themselves to the ministry. And so I want you to, if you don't know what to do next, I want you to ask around and say, where can I get plugged in? And someone's going to say, hey, there's a Bible study. And I'm going to ask that you go, and you check that Bible study out. And then from, from there, I would bet that the ball will start rolling. But listen to me. Uh, such a time as this. If the world ever needed the gospel, we know it needs it now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, help us. We call on one another for help, but ultimately you are our only help. You are the one that goes before us. You're, you're the one who makes a way. You're the one who opens doors. And you're the one who softens the soil of men's hearts. And so, God, I pray that, that you would go before us and you would make us effective. Lord, that you would make us Philadelphian in a Laodicean age. Lord, you would make us missionaries in a time in America where missionaries are not being produced. God, I pray that you would make us desperate in a church that's lukewarm, in a, in, a, in a world where the American church is just comfortable, just, just a, a place to go and have, have their, their, their feelings and their cultural sensitivities met. And Lord, we're saying we want to be used. We don't know how. We don't know what the next steps are. Lord, help us. We need you. You are the answer. You've always been the answer. Show us grace as we minister. Lord, help us to join together. Help us to lock arms in the work of ministry. Lord, help those graduating seniors to find their place, to know that they are family, to know that they are loved, that they are our friends. Lord, that visitors who've been joining us recently, that they would know that we want them so desperately. That we're willing to devote time mentoring them and discipling them and, and, and teaching them and loving them and being with them and counseling with them. We're willing to devote every resource we have to make sure that they're joined to us appropriately. Lord, I pray that they know that. Use us for your mission. Make us clean and righteous and worthy vessels for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, 
for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.com.